Welcome to the NFL Road Show. Lindsey Rhodes here with your Friday Fantasy 15 look ahead at week five. My favorite plays, storylines, things that are on my radar heading into this weekend. Where, first things first, we have another early game. In London, do not get Camarad. I repeat, do not get Camarad. The game is at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. The good news is that there's nobody that's really relevant for fantasy that's listed as questionable. So you can pretty much set your lineup now. And barring something dramatic happening over the weekend, you should be okay. It is Packers, Giants. Daniel Jones is going to play quarterback for the Giants. He was taken off the injury report on Friday. So get all your guys in that you want in. And by the way, that should at this point include Romeo Dobbs, who has scored 13 plus fantasy points in back-to-back weeks and tallied 16 targets in that time. Uh, After that game, we've got nine games in the early window, three in the afternoon, and then two of the highest point total games in prime time, which is good for us as viewers, I guess, after that scintillating 12 to 9 game on Thursday. Ugh. But it's bad for us in daily fantasy because it takes those two games off the main slate, where the top scoring games are now expected to be Chargers Browns at 47 points in the early window and Eagles Cardinals at 49 points in the afternoon. Bengals Ravens has a 47 and a half over under on Sunday night. And the highest expected point total of the week is Raiders Chiefs at 51 and a half on Monday. And that game is where I'm going to start with my fantasy advice. Let's fire up the clock 15 minutes and break the huddle. Hello, let's go. All right, so that Monday game, massive bummer that it isn't on the main slate because this is where I wanted to go at quarterback. My favorite play of the week being Patrick Mahomes. I think you could argue that he has the best matchup against a Raiders defense that's allowing the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks, but also a Raiders team against which Mahomes has thrived historically. We are talking 2,500 plus passing yards in eight career games. 22 touchdowns through the air, two on the ground, just three interceptions. This is the opponent that he has had the most success against. His offense has never scored fewer than 28 points against them. So it doesn't really help us that much in daily, but I do expect him to smash. And I guess I just wanted that on the record. Uh, Jalen Hurts versus Arizona, also a great matchup. Don't love that matchup for Kyler, who's the third most expensive quarterback on the main slate. You guys, Philly's been tough. They're allowing just nine points per game to quarterbacks and not against awful offenses either. We're talking Detroit, Minnesota, Washington, and Jacksonville. And keep in mind, Carson Wentz had scored 27 points in back-to-back weeks before he posted single digits against Philadelphia. And Trevor Lawrence was coming off a 25-point outing against the Chargers before Philly held him to five. So I think it's safe to assume that Kyler who has not been particularly impressive this year in an offense that has not been particularly impressive this year. I think it's safe to assume that it's at least a down game for him. I think that that is a a pretty likely outcome. In fact, I would go so far as to potentially play Jared Goff ahead of him or even Derek Carr, who just put up 11 points against Denver. Not a great outing from a fantasy standpoint. Hasn't been a good year for him from a fantasy standpoint, but Kansas City is a different story defensively than the Denver Broncos. They're allowing the fifth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So I think Carr becomes playable. I would also consider Wentz this week. And I know you guys, he's been awful. But again, that was against Philly and Dallas. And those defenses are really good. Tennessee's defense is not. 
They're allowing 20 points per game to quarterbacks. They are bottom five in pass defense. They're allowing a ton of yards, a ton of points. I think this is a game in which Carson can be the good version of himself, even though he will not have Jahan Dotson, the rookie wide receivers out this week. Curtis Samuel missed some practices this week with an illness, but he's expected to play. I like Terry McLaurin to get back on track this week in this game. I think it makes sense to look his way quite a bit in this matchup. Burrow is not available on the main slate, but I'm a little torn about that matchup anyway, because on paper, it looks like a great matchup. Baltimore still allowing the most passing yards per game. But as you guys heard Rod Woodson point out on this podcast on Wednesday, Josh Allen's relative struggles against Baltimore last week were not all weather related. Rod, who calls Baltimore's games on radio, said that he saw Baltimore's D switch things up in that game, do things that he hadn't seen them do prior to that game this year, most notably bring more pressure. So if they can do that again, if they do do that again successfully against Joe Burrow with that line um, that has played much better in the last few weeks, that's worth noting, just one sack last week. I think, though, that we could see the Ravens' D become less of an obvious attack point for passing attacks in fantasy as the season goes on. Maybe it even starts this week. So that's on my radar. I think the DFS play here at quarterback might be Tom Brady against Atlanta at $6,000. He showed up on the injury report this week, says he's fine, though. Bucks offense had a breakout game last week with four touchdowns after only scoring three offensive touchdowns in the first three weeks. That, in my opinion, clearly a product of just having weapons available. And while Julio Jones is listed as questionable for this game, uh, we do know that Godwin and Evans will play, and Atlanta is bottom 10 or just outside bottom 10 in every major defensive category. Plus, intangibly, I think Tom Brady would very much like to send a message this week to all of the people whose analysis of him has not been particularly focused on football. Last quarterback point, if you have Stafford in redraft, I just wouldn't do it. I can't believe we're here, but we are. He ranks 28th in fantasy at his position, and Dallas is a very good defense. Find somebody else. Looking at the running backs here, in terms of the high-priced guys, I think that Chubb is the one that I feel the most comfortable with, consistently getting volume, he's putting up fantasy points, and facing the Chargers, who are allowing 29 points per game to running backs. A little bit down the board, I really like James Robinson this week against Houston at $6,300. I know he didn't come through free last week, 2.9 points. But as I've said before, that was against Philly found himself in a negative game script, only touched the ball eight times. I do not see that happening this week. Houston allowing 32 points per game to running backs, 564 rushing yards allowed to running backs. We saw Austin Eckler come alive last week against this team. James Robinson will get back on track against them as well. Also in that game, Damian Pierce. He's kind of a must play at this point in season long. The only player to get a carry in last week's game for Houston. And you Gotta love that kind of clarity in a backfield. I don't think it's clear in New England, but the matchup is really good. So I like Harris and Stevenson this week. Detroit has been just a disaster defensively. They can't stop anybody. You saw what Rashad Penny did against them last week. Also in their favor, 
I don't expect the Patriots to come out and throw a ton, considering their quarterback situation. Bailey Zappi is expected to play again with Mac Jones listed as doubtful. Maybe they throw a little bit more than they did last week when they threw 21 times, but I think they'll try to run the ball quite a lot. And I think that they'll have success doing it also. $5,600 is the price point for Damian Harris. He's RB18, giving you consistent low to mid-teens for the last three weeks. Uh, Stevenson is priced at $5,500, a little bit more boomer bust guy than Harris, but I feel like he has more upside potentially because of the pass catching. So if you need somebody at a lower price point for DFS or maybe a desperation play in season long, Tyler Algier at $4,700, I find very interesting and a little bit lower than that. Caleb Huntley, another Falcons running back is listed at $4,300. What we have seen from Arthur Smith since he became a head coach in the NFL is a commitment to the run game, regardless of whether it works, regardless of whether or not his talent dictates that approach. Um, crazy stat for you. Okay, so Smith comes from Tennessee. He, that's where he coached before he got the head coaching job in Atlanta. And of course, when he was there, Derrick Henry was the running back. So it made sense that they ran the ball in 62% of their first down plays in 2020. Didn't have a high success rate on those plays, but you could argue that they wore down the defense because he, of course, ended up having success later in games. So what does Smith do last year when he uh, becomes Atlanta's head coach? And they do not have a running back even close to Derrick Henry's talent level. He runs on first down at the second highest rate in the NFL behind only the Titans who still have Derrick Henry. He also does not have much success. Um, in that situation, but he keeps doubling down as the year goes on. And we're seeing him lean into the run game this year too. 35 runs to 15 passes last week, 31 runs to 20 pass attempts the week before. So why am I telling you all of this? Because Algier and Huntley are not flashy names, but they are going to get the ball. And I feel comfortable with the odds that they will return value on their already low prices. At wide receiver, we still don't know if Amon St. Brown will play, though he did practice on Friday. Rashad Bateman is out. I mentioned earlier Julio Jones is questionable in a revenge game against his former team. I really like Godwin this week in that game. He's had a ton of success against Atlanta in his career, nine touchdowns in nine games. According to PFF, he has a targets per route run of 25% when Brady's not under pressure. And that number dips to 11% when Brady is under pressure. Well, Atlanta is one of the worst pass rushing teams in the league. So I don't think that the pressure is going to be there for Brady. And that points to a lot of targets for Chris Godwin. Uh, As does Atlanta allowing the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers. And Godwin's DFS price point of $5,900 is the 23rd uh, highest price on the main slate. He's less expensive than Devontae Smith, Amari Cooper, Brandon Cooks, Adam Thielen, Gabe Davis. A little bit further down the board, I really like George Pickens this week at $4,300 now that Pickett is the quarterback. He targeted him like crazy in the second half last week, and Pickens produced. And how about this? He is second in the NFL in downfield targets this year for wide receivers. 11 of his 29 total targets have been deep targets. I'm also intrigued at the wide receiver position this week by Zay Jones at $4,100. 
Missed last week's game with an injury, but Doug Peterson says he is fine this week. Trevor Lawrence has targeted him a lot this year. Two games of nine targets or more for him. And again, he's only played in three. He has also scored double-digit fantasy points in two games as well. Tyreek is an interesting one for me this week. My guess is that some people will be wary to pay up for him in daily at $8,000 with Bridgewater as his quarterback. Not a guy particularly known for his deep ball. And yes, Tyreek has done a lot of his damage this year on those deep balls with 243 yards on six catches. Holy moly, that's incredible. But he's actually been targeted most frequently on short routes, zero to nine yards out. He's caught 12 balls that way. He has 101 yards. We all know he's a yak guy with the ability to break away. He hasn't really done that yet on those kinds of routes, just a 5.3 yards after the catch average. But his yards after the catch as a whole is second only to Debo with 177 yards total. So I trust that he'll be able to adjust. And I think that he will elevate Bridgewater rather than Bridgewater bringing him down. A few other interesting notes since we're talking about target depth. Number one wide receiver in the NFL so far in downfield targets. It's Chris Olave, the rookie in New Orleans, who's been targeted deep 14 times. This guy has become a must play in an offense that isn't really all that attractive. Uh, It did take me a minute to come around to trusting it, but he's led the team in targets, catches, and receiving yards for three straight weeks now with Winston, with Dalton, and by the way, it is going to be Dalton again. Winston is listed as doubtful, which I don't know why that's just not out because it means out, but whatever, that's a separate conversation. Uh, also out Michael Thomas with a toe injury. So uh, especially because of that, I see absolutely no reason to expect Olave's role to change, especially since they have the Seahawks this week, allowing the second most yards and points per game. One more depth-related note. Did you know that Devontae Adams has not caught a single deep ball this year? Zero on six targets. I think that's incredible. He's been kind of up and down in that offense and obviously has expressed some frustration. That said, I do like him this week against the Chiefs. I think that the more balanced approach that we saw from Las Vegas last week is one that they would be well advised to continue with. I think it took some pressure off the passing game. And as a result, we saw Adams get back on track with his second 100-yard game of the year. I also think that a stronger run game will open up some of those deep shots at some point to take advantage of his quick strike capabilities. Um, quick strike capabilities that say that a few times fast. The tight end position is tough. All right. Pitts is out this week. Knox is out this week. Kittle has scored in single digits in five straight games dating back to last year. I don't know how you feel all that comfortable playing him. This position has become somewhat of a dumpster fire. We've got the two names at the top, Kelsey and Andrews, and then we've got a relatively wide gap of options. Um, Higby has emerged as a guy that we have to play on a week-to-week basis, the most targeted tight end in fantasy. In fact, more than Kelsey, more than Andrews. TJ Hawkinson obviously had that big blow-up game last week, but he posted single digits in weeks one and two, so we haven't seen consistency from him yet. Ertz has shown less boom potential, but he has been consistent, double digits, low double digits in every game so far. Gerald Everett has posted double digits in all but one game, same with Friermuth and Tyler Conklin, and the guy I like this week, Dallas Goddard against the Cardinals, who are bad against tight ends this year. Again, that was the case last year too. 
Well, we didn't really have a tight end that we could use last week to take advantage of that since they were playing Carolina. Can you name Carolina's tight end? Do you live in Carolina if you can? Uh, This week, they're playing Philadelphia. And I like Goddard very much in this matchup. The Cardinals allowing 20 points per game to tight ends. Uh, As are the Titans, allowing the exact same amount of points per game to tight ends. They have the Commanders this week. So if you're looking for a streamer at the position, might I introduce you to the idea of Logan Thomas, who is also very cheap on DraftKings, just $3,200. All right, that is going to do it for us today. I hope the games go well for you this weekend and your teams have lots of success. As always, quick request for you. If you uh, got anything out of today's episode and enjoyed it, Will you please hit that five-star button on your way out? Maybe leave a review. I'd also love to hear your thoughts on Twitter. I'm at Lindsay underscore Rhodes. You can also find me on Instagram at Lindsay Rhodes NFL. If you hit the subscribe button on your way out, future NFL Roadshow episodes will be waiting for you as soon as they come out, including our next one, which will be out on Monday, recapping whatever craziness is to come on Sunday. Hope you'll join us then. Big thanks to Andrew Emmer, our producer. The NFL Roadshow is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. Have a great weekend, everybody. SiriusXM Podcasts.